Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. This morning we'll be in Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, and we'll be starting in verse 21. And this section, this uh, passage, we, we need to look back into the Old Testament. Remember back whenever we looked at uh, Genesis, and we came to the story of the flood and of Noah. And after the flood, Noah's three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, were with him there, and Ham did something wicked. His father, Noah, was passed out drunk, naked in his tent. We don't know exactly what Ham did, but he did something to dishonor his father and Shem and Japheth. They honored their father, and they walked in backwards holding a blanket or a sheet, and they covered their father. And when Noah woke up, he said, Cursed be Canaan. Not Ham, but Canaan was Ham's son. Cursed be Canaan. That story has been used and misused in the past. And some have pointed to that and said that that would be the reason for African slavery back in the 1800s, which was wrong, totally wrong. And anybody who said that was twisting the Scripture. What that did do is it prophesied the time whenever the Israelites would come into the land and they would wipe out the Canaanites. They were to go in and they were to slaughter the Canaanites. Just like what um, John read this morning from Deuteronomy. God commanded the people that they were going to go into the land of Canaan. The the surrounding lands, the lands, not the, the lands that God was giving them, but the surrounding lands, they were to give terms of peace. And allow them, uh, if, if they make peace with us, then let them live. But the Canaanites, with those cities, that was the very land that God was giving them. They were not supposed to make peace with them. They were to go in and devote everything that has breath. Not even the cattle were to live. Everyone. Man, woman, and child. The Israelites, they didn't obey. And they did let some live. And this just kind of shocks us when we look at the Bible, when we look at the Old Testament. When the, I mean, that is one of the reasons why some people, some critics, they look at the Bible and they reject it. They think, how could a loving God, how could a God like that, how could a God like that be worshipped? He's like a moral monster, is what some would say that He is. Well, I don't want, my purpose today is not to give a justification only to say that God will do as He pleases and He is good. This is to give background on the people here, the Canaanites. See, Jesus, He had been doing His ministry. He was called to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And and He did His ministry among Israel and in that region. And he was working among Jewish people. 
the last chapter we saw the Pharisees and the scribes, they came to him and they were rejecting him because he and his disciples just didn't wash their hands. The very people Jesus was coming to rejected him. This too was prophesied in Scripture. So what does Jesus do? He withdraws from that place. He leaves Jerusalem and the surrounding areas and he goes to a place called Tyre and Sidon. We've heard these names before. A few chapters ago, I think it was maybe chapter 9 or 10, we came to a place where Jesus said that uh, it would be better on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon. They would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes if, if, um, if the things that had been done, if the deeds that had been done by Jesus had been done in their midst. But Jesus went to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and He did miracles and He did teaching and they rejected Him. So He withdrew and He went to Tyre and Sidon. And this woman came to him. It wasn't just any woman. It was a Canaanite woman. A Canaanite woman. These were the enemies, the epitome of the enemies of the Jewish people. They were the ones who God had told them to wipe out. They were the ones who were cursed because of Ham's sin against Noah. And Jesus had this woman, this Canaanite woman, come to Him and pleaded and begged. And she even called Him Lord. And she called Him the Son of David. And she pleaded for mercy. It almost sounds like the blind men a few chapters earlier. These two blind men came and they said, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And this Canaanite woman, she comes with that same request. Jesus, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter, my daughter, she's sick. She's very sick. And not only is she sick, she has a demon that has possessed her. Lord, just have mercy. And Jesus does something that shocks us. He just sits there. Silent. Doesn't answer. Well, the disciples, they're starting to wonder, what, what's going on here, Jesus? Can't you just do something about her? Go ahead and... Heal her daughter to get rid of her? Jesus answers the disciples and says, I only came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This is shocking to us. And then he says, It's not good to give the children's bread to dogs. Jesus calling this Canaanite woman dog? This is shocking to us. When we read read the Bible, sometimes we just, we're, we're, we're so used to it, we've domesticated it, 
We don't really get shocked by the Bible. Do you ever get shocked by the Bible? We ought to, because it says some shocking things sometimes. Well, this does not deter this woman pleading for mercy. She says again, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. And Jesus commends her for her faith. Peter, when he walked on the water, and then he began to sink when he took his eyes off of Jesus, Jesus said to Peter, O you of little faith. But to this Canaanite woman with a demon-possessed daughter, she said, he says, Great is your faith. The ones who Jesus came to, the lost sheep of the house of Israel, rejected Him. His own disciples had little faith. But He commends this woman for her great faith. And He heals her daughter. Let's read the text. Matthew chapter 15 starting in verse 21. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely impressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And the disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Let it shock us. Let it rouse us from our sleep. Give us ears to hear it and eyes to see. Lord, be with me, an unworthy sinner. Give me the strength to preach your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. What do we do with this story? It's so strange to us. We're used to Jesus coming and somebody bringing someone to be healed and He just does it immediately or something. We're not used to this kind of standoffishness about Jesus. Why was He doing this? Why was He resisting healing this woman's daughter? I honestly don't know the answer, but I have a guess. I think Jesus was doing this to make a point to His disciples and to us. I think he did that not because he was resisting healing her, but because he he needed to make 
the point. His disciples, they just wanted to be rid of the, of the lady. And they knew that Jesus was the Jewish Messiah, and they expected him to just do the same thing we expect. To give what they wanted. Jesus makes a point by waiting. He, he makes a point that salvation is to the Jew first, like Paul says in Romans. He came to His own. He came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The, part of this is, is about a, the, uh, the place that He was in salvation history. He hadn't yet died on the cross. The Holy Spirit hadn't yet been sent they had not yet gone out to the nations to preach the gospel. Here he was. He was, he was bound by space and time. He was just a man like us. And he couldn't go everywhere. He physically couldn't go to the ends of the earth like we can go today and has he sent us to go today. So his mission was focused on the people that he'd been promised to. And I think... He held off and he waited to shock us and to shock his disciples at how his grace and his power is open even to the Canaanite. The one who would have been the lowest of the low in the Jewish eyes. He didn't even turn away from her, the one that the people around would have despised. By waiting, he drew attention to that fact. I want to notice something else about this. When Jesus said, uh, I was, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to dogs. What did the lady say? Yes, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. This reaches back into the Old Testament. It's not so obvious here, but there was a promise made to Abraham a long, long time ago. Long, long time before. God promised Abraham that he would have a seed that would be a blessing to all nations. By that one seed, by that one descendant, He would bless all the nations, all the families of the earth. I think that's what the woman's answer points to. She had faith that the son of Abraham, the seed of Abraham, was going to bless her nation. She had faith beyond what she could see. She believed in the God of Israel. She called Jesus Lord. When we read the Old Testament, often we'll see Lord in all cap letters. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Lord. What we have there in the Hebrew 
they'll have the name, the personal name for God, Yahweh, in that place. They'll, they'll, when they translated it from Hebrew to Greek, they, they made that kurios, which is Lord. And this lady, this Canaanite lady, they came, she came to Jesus and she called Him kurios. She called Him Lord. She was calling Him you know, it's ambiguous. It's, it, could be, it could go either way. Was she just calling him master? Was she just saying sir, like a term of reference? Or was she recognizing that he was curious? That he was Lord? That he was the God who made the universe? And then she responds, she says, she said, son of David. This is what she called Jesus. She calls, calls him son of David. She's pointing to a promise. She may have been a Canaanite. She may have lived in Tyre and Sidon, but somehow she had heard that there was a promised son of David who would come and sit on David's throne forever. She may have been a Canaanite, but she believed in the promises of God. In the seed of Abraham. And in the son of David. You know, something that this shows us is that salvation is not dependent on her ancestry. On the fact that she was a Canaanite or a Jew or anybody else. Salvation was dependent on her faith in the promises of God. Another thing we see, verse 25... But she came and knelt before him. This word knelt is that same word for getting on your face before someone in worship. It it, it could go either way, but there's a hint there whenever you read it in the original language that it may be hinting at worship. That she got down on her face before him, worshiping him and said, Lord, help. She was desperate. She was destitute. She was oppressed by this fact that her daughter had a demon. She was sick. And she knew the only one to turn to was Jesus. Are we desperate for Jesus like that? Sometimes when we have a need, do we pray a little bit and then give up when it seems like He didn't answer? Jesus, you know, she comes to Jesus and He just doesn't answer. Does He ever do that to us? Where we come to Him with some need and we pray and we pray and then we just give up. Because we don't think we hear the answer we want to hear. But she was persistent. You know what? She didn't just keep coming with the same thing, but she made theological arguments for why God ought to intervene. 
She knew he was the son of David. She pointed to the fact that Abraham's seed would be a blessing to the dogs under the table. She had faith and she pointed to the promises of God. When you pray, when you're desperate, point to the promises of God in Scripture. I'm not talking like some kind of a prosperity gospel, some kind of a name it, claim it. You believe it and you have enough faith and it's going to happen. That's not what I'm saying. But when we pray, pray on the basis of Scripture. You have promised you will not let your seed see corruption. We tell God that and we pray it. And we know that even if we don't get the answer we're seeking, it will be answered in the end because we will be raised from the dead. That is why the resurrection is so important. And when I say the resurrection, I don't just mean the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, but I mean our resurrection as well. Jesus' resurrection, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, is the first fruits. It's the beginning. He was raised, and because of that, we know we will raise as well. We forget that. We, we become almost Greek in our philosophy about what happens after, the, after death. We, we think we're going we're gonna to die and then just live in some kind of a spiritual existence for the rest of of eternity. But the biblical hope is a hope and a resurrection, one which we will be raised from the dead when Christ returns and live in a physical existence forever with Him. I took a tangent. Where'd I go? <laughs> Are you desperate? Desperate like this woman. Whatever your conditions, socioeconomic status, race, anything that you feel like might separate you from God, don't think that it does. Jesus reached down and He helped this Canaanite woman. No matter how far you are, no matter how poor and needy, Jesus can reach your need Amen. as well. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook.